Greetings and welcome to Tales from the Otherwood, a podcast exploring the folk tales and folklore of the East Midlands and beyond. I'm Dylan Knight, and I'll be your guide as we take one of the many paths in this magical, ever-changing woodland. The roots of the Otherwood extend far and wide, not just here in the United Kingdom, but also in different countries around the world as well. And this month, we find ourselves diverted from the East Midlands and into South Yorkshire, into the city I came from originally, Sheffield. I'd like to dedicate this story to Michael Coupland, who passed away very recently, and he'll be sorely missed. Uncle Mick, this is for you. This is The Woodman and the Hatchet. Once long ago, a woodman was employed by his master to go down to the riverside and cut some trees down. The bad thing was, the woodman couldn't remember what happened to his axe. He'd either lent it out to someone, or it was in for repairs. Either way, he couldn't find it. Luckily for him, his cousin Michael lived down the road and had a massive tool shed. So he went over, said hello, and had a look around. Unluckily for him, the only axe available was a hatchet. Now, I don't know if you know anything about felling trees, but a hatchet is rather small, and although it can fell a tree, it would be a very quick way of tiring out the woodman and blunting the blade. Be that as it may, and wanting to get on with his work, the woodman walked along the riverside and found the group of trees, and there he set about his work. With his first strike, he hit the tree. With his second strike, he hit the tree. On his third strike, well, on his third swing, should I say, because as he swung the hatchet towards the tree, the hatchet itself felt rather light. And as the shaft came into view, he saw, to his horror, the head had gone. Whirling round, the woodman could see the head of the hatchet falling into the river with a splash. Oh no, said the woodman, as he ran across to the riverside, hoping to retrieve it. Luckily for him, he could see the head of the hatchet sinking down to the bottom of the river. Unluckily for him, he couldn't swim. So he crawled over and thrust his arm into the cool, flowing river, hoping to grasp it. Unfortunately, it was just too far away. So he looked around again, and thought he could use one of the branches from the trees to try and dig it out, but none were long enough. So he looked around the floor, hoping to find a long, thick stick. Maybe he could dredge out the head. And no, he just couldn't find one. And it was at this point he was about to lose his temper when he had the feeling of being watched. And when the woodman looked out onto the river, he was indeed being watched. For on the top of the river was a fairy. The woodman looked at the fairy, and the fairy looked at him. The fairy stood up, walked on the water, walked onto the riverside, and stood before the woodman, looking him in the eye, and asked, Now nah, then! What's up with thee? 
and the woodman broke down in tears, this tall, huge man crying his eyes out while telling the fairy of his misfortune for the day. Well, no wonder you've got yourself into a right mard, said the fairy. I'll tell you what, let's see if we can get it out. And here's how we're going to do it. You're going to give me the shaft of that hatchet and I'm going to throw it into water. Now, I can't do it with thee watching me, so I need thee to gaze thy eyes right onto that hatchet head in the bottom of the water. Can you do that? The woodman nodded, and he looked intently at the iron head at the bottom of the river. Not once did he blink, and not once did he look at the fairy, but he could see the form of the hatchet shaft splash into the water as the fairy threw it, and so it dived straight down to the bottom, and the tip of the hatchet connected with the head. You've done it, said the woodman. No, 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 not yet, said the fairy. We need to get it out of water first, don't we? Now, I can't do this with thee watching me, so I need thee to keep thy eyes on the hatchet at the very bottom. No matter what happens, keep thy concentration. Can you do that? The woodman nodded, and he stared at the hatchet at the bottom of the river with such intensity that not once did he blink, not once did he look at the fairy. The woodman could hear some kind of rumbling, some deep rumbling coming from the very bottom of the river itself, until eventually there was a great amount of bubbles coming out of the water, and the river became frothy. So furious was the river that the hatchet shot out, and the woodman grabbed it by the shaft. You've done it, said the woodman. Indeed I have, said the fairy. Now, thou knows what that means, don't they? Oh, I certainly do, said the woodman. It means, once I'm finished my job, I can give it back to our Michael. And then went along and started chopping the trees down. The fairy couldn't do anything but stand with its hands on its hips, glaring at the woodsman, and then it shook its head. Cheeky bleeder, it said, and stomped its way all the way back into the river. Right, storytelling is thirsty work. Time for a cup of tea, I think. Put on the kettle or crack open your flask. It's time for a drink and a chat. Although today I call Nottingham home, Sheffield still holds a very special place in my heart, and whenever I come across the name, I smile. I'm very proud to have come from there. I moved out of Sheffield a long time ago, and I have to apologise to all family and friends there listening for any butchering of the accent, even though my mum had always said I never really had it in the first place. When I was growing up there, I knew of only one or two stories. Both have stayed with me for various reasons, and it wasn't until relatively recently I began to fully appreciate what the stories of both Sheffield and South Yorkshire had to offer. I first came across The Woodman and the Hatchet in South Yorkshire Folk Tales by Simon Haywood and Damien Barker. They, in turn, made their own version from the one recorded by S. O. Addy from his 1895 book Household Tales with Other Traditional Remains. 
In a footnote attached to his written version of the story, Addy compares this with Aesop's Mercury and the Woodman, also known as The Honest Woodman. Whilst The Woodman and the Hatchet certainly draws parallels with Mercury and the Woodman, I would even go so far to say the former is a Sheffield version of the latter, especially when we take into account the statue of Vulcan being on top of the town hall there, Vulcan being the Roman god of fire and smithing. In Mercury and the Woodman, the Woodman loses his whole axe in a body of water, and similarly to the spirit of our tale, a supernatural entity appears, but is no other than the Roman god Mercury himself. He decides to help out the Woodman by testing to see if he is a selfish man. Mercury does this by going into the water and retrieving, at first, a golden axe. The Woodman refuses, admitting this is not his. Mercury goes into the water again and retrieves the silver axe. The Woodman refuses, admitting this is also not his. Mercury goes into the water a third time and retrieves the Woodman's actual axe. The Woodman confirms that this is definitely his. Mercury is so pleased with the Woodman's honesty, he lets the Woodman keep all three axes. Lo and behold, the Woodman's neighbours get all interested and try the same thing with Mercury, by pretending they have lost their axes too. Only they fail the first test, by claiming the golden axe is theirs, and Mercury walks away with not only the golden axe, but all the neighbour's axes as well. So, we can see there are similarities, yet, of course, there are differences. The fairy in The Woodman and the Hatchet is not Mercury. Yet, it does appear once the head of the hatchet had fallen into the water, and at the lamentation of this particular woodman. Was the fairy watching the whole time, or was it disturbed by the iron head that violated the water? Traditionally, iron is said to be the bane of the fairy folk. If you noticed, the fairy doesn't physically touch the iron head. The fairy thrusts the wooden shaft into the head, and then there is a great rumbling noise in the water, as though the fairy is using the oxygen in the water to force the hatchet out. Indeed, if the fairy in this story isn't Mercury, and if the setting was in Rome or Greece, we could perhaps class this creature as a nymph. According to the alchemical writings of Paracelsus, the fairy could also be described as a water elemental, otherwise known as an undyne. However, both nymphs and undines are explicitly written as being female in terms of shape, voice and character. In both Addie's and Hayward and Barker's versions, the fairy is referred to as he, or the fairy man. Interestingly, deities associated with water in both Great Britain and Ireland were traditionally classed as goddesses. And so, perhaps, the fairy wasn't a fairy. What if it was a water deity? What if it was, in fact, the spirit of the river? Haywood and Barker set the story along the River Rivelin. Sheffield has five rivers. The Don, the Porter, the Rivelin, the Loxley, and the Sheaf. Of these five, it is the Don that has its own mysteries. The River Don is 69 miles long, and starts in the Pennines, flowing into South Yorkshire, and meets the Ouse at Ghoul in the East Riding. It also gives its name to the city of Doncaster, and its beginnings as a Roman fort named Darnham. In some parts, the river is called the Dun, or the River Dun, Dun meaning dark. 
the most widely accepted translation of the name Don, and one that can't be ignored, is thought to come from the Britonic Don, meaning water or river. In this regard, Don is also the name given to the ancestral figure of Don, the mother goddess of the Welsh pantheon, and mother to supernatural beings such as Gwydion, Arianrod, and Gelevaithwy. This would be cognate with the Irish Danu, the mother goddess of the legendary Tuatha Danann, the children of Danu, the most famous of the Irish gods. The Celtic people of these lands worshipped their local rivers and water sources as life-giving goddesses, and so would give them offerings of treasure and wealth. If the name link between Don and Danu is true, then this act of giving devotional offerings to the spirit of the river may possibly have given rise to the old rhyme as recorded by Joseph Hunter in the 18th century. The shelving, slimy river Dun, each year a daughter or a son. Hinting here that the river would only be appeased with the annual sacrifice of a boy or a girl. The fairy in The Woodman and the Hatchet, though, seems a lot more benign and wants to help the woodman in his dilemma, although there is one condition. That the woodman can't watch the fairy perform its magic. The fairy asks only that the woodman looks directly at the spot where the shaft fell into the water, but he cannot, for whatever reason, watch the fairy perform its act. This would align with other fairy stories where a fairy creature goes to help someone complete a task, but asks the one that they are helping to not look behind them as they go off on their way, allowing the fairy to complete the work unobserved. Of course, the person being helped can't resist looking back, causing the fairy to disappear and the task remaining uncompleted. With fairies, there are always conditions and terms. For example, you can't say certain words, or you have to give them something in return, or perform a service. But usually, as the Boggart and Banshee podcast covering way more detail than I, they ask you to keep the encounter secret. Indeed, it appears that both the people of South Yorkshire and Derbyshire held the belief that should a fairy do you a kindness, you were supposed to keep it secret, otherwise the fairy would never help you again. We will watch out for fairies in more future tales and trails of the other wood, and see if we can learn more about their ways and the conditions or prices set for their service. For now, I'll end on a traditional South Yorkshire ending for storytellers. My tale's ended. Doors next bended. I went into garden to get a bit of time. I told my tale, thee tell thine. Thank you very much for listening. However you found this podcast, please feel free to follow and write a review. And don't forget, the other wood isn't just where I am, it's where you are too. Until next time, take care.